Hi, this is Ray, one of your hosts for Choice Words. Before we start today's episode, I'd like to just mention a few things. First off, our book reviews do have spoilers in them, so please take that into consideration before listening. Secondly, we'd like to put a quick trigger warning on this episode. For a brief moment around the 26 to 28 minute mark, I discuss a character in the book who is a confirmed rapist. Like I said, it is a brief mention and no details are given, but we want you to consider your own well-being before proceeding with the episode. Thirdly, if you are interested in reading The Seven and a Half Deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle for yourself, we suggest seeking out your local library or going to Subtext, a bookstore, if you're in the St. Paul area. Thank you for listening. Hello and welcome to Choice Words, a podcast by and for book nerds. I am your host, Gracie. Uh, published poet and local pigeon. And I am Ray, blogger for bookinfested.com and local cryptid. <laughs> and we're doing another book review today, um, but this time it's just going to be Ray reviewing a book that I uh. haven't read. <laughs> um, between Ray and I, we have, what was it, like 300 and something books? Yeah, well, because we're each um, reading, so our, each of us have a goal this year of reading 165 books. Right. Of the books, of the 320 some odd, <laughs> or 300, what are the, 330 books. Um, nine of them are the same Nine book. of them are the same books. So. And, and you know, it may go throughout doing these book reviews that we have more books. Like maybe we'll do a book review, like maybe we'll get to the end of this, this and I'll be like, oh my God, I'm going to read this book. Um, but uh, failing that, we will be doing a lot of solo book reviews with a couple of joint ones when we get to those nine books that we have. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so take it away, Ray. What book are we reviewing today? We are reviewing The Seven and a Half Deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle by Stuart Turton. And again, I'm terrible at uh, last <laughs> names. It only seems fair considering my last name is a mouthful to say. So fair enough. Everyone fair else enough. will know my pain growing up. <laughs> All right. Um, so I guess we'll start with what are your initial thoughts on this book? So my initial thoughts on this book is are excuse me um it's a very good book like it's a fun book Mm -hmm. there are definitely elements of it where i'm kind of sitting here going like yeah that was kind of campy and like kind of sitting here going "Mm, there there were definitely some some like plot holes to it um but it's still like a really good book nice it's definitely one that i would uh, suggest to people. Yeah. Um, well, it, you even said you'll probably read it again. <laughs> yeah, I'll definitely read it again just because I feel like I might have missed a few things. Mm. And I definitely, this is, I have this bad habit of like getting into a book, it takes me a long time, and then I read the second half in like a day. <laughs> so I quite literally finished this book at 3.30 in the morning one day. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. <laughs> um, so yeah, I feel like I, I just should kind of reread it on principle, but it's definitely one that's like worth a reread. Yeah, so it's a good book. Do you want to give like a summary of it or you just kind of want to go into more of my interview prepared questions? Um, I'll give a really brief summary cool. and it will have to be very brief because... I mean, uh, there's like there are, what? How many so, pages are there? Yeah, so there, many. <laughs> there are 400 some odd pages and there are so many moving parts. So the general idea of this is um, Aiden, who is our main character, is essentially body jumping. He has eight hosts... Um, that he's going to go through and eight days to solve the murder of Evelyn Hardcastle. Every day he wakes up starting the day over. So he wakes up at the start of the same day, excuse me, every day, but in a different body at the start of each day. 
And Evelyn Hardcastle is going to die at 11 p.m. every night. So he has eight cycles to go through in order to solve her murder. Awesome. And he's not allowed to leave until he solves the murder. So if he, t- if he doesn't solve it by the end of those eight days, um, he basically will get his memory wiped and he starts back at the beginning. Gotcha. Over the course of the story, he meets um, two other people who are also caught in the loop. Um, but their situation is a little bit different. Over the course of you, the story, you find out that the reason why his situation is different is because he chose to come to Blackheath, which is the setting of where this all takes place, um, whereas the other two people were forced there um, in the form of a prison-type gotcha. situation. Wild, wild. All right. Awesome. So what worked about this book? What were kind of your, like, fave things? And I mean, like, story-wise, but also writing techniques. So one of the things that I really love about this book is that um, the descriptors used are really interesting. Mm. Um, So at one point there's a scene towards the beginning of the book. It's, like, 20 or 30 pages in. And there's this, like, really tense scene, and it describes that, like, everything goes quiet. And then one of the sentences says something to the effect of... um, a clock plucks up its courage and decides to tick. And it's just like that, it, it, that idea is kind of, yeah. um, I really like how it gives a feeling that there are things here that are more alive. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I definitely, I, I know I said that like some of the campy elements were just like, mm, whatever. I definitely love a good campy book. Mm-hmm. So this, the like theatrics of it definitely appealed to me. Nice. Um, And it is a very theatrical book. Um, There are a lot of elements in it where you're just like, this is kind of ridiculous, but it works in a weird way. Um, So, like, there's somebody who's dressed as a plague doctor who is, like, popping in randomly to chat with Aiden. And Aiden is like, who are you? What am I doing here? And the plague doctor's like, sorry, I can't tell you anything, except (laughs) here's a hint. And it's just like, yeah, okay, is it super dramatic and over the top, the fact that this is a plague doctor who keeps showing up at this, like, you know, roaring 20s English manor to, like, drop hints in a murder mystery? Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's so over the top, but that's what works about it. Mm. Um, It kind of just presents it as, like, Yep, this is the story, and it it doesn't it doesn't feel like it's trying to justify it. It just simply is what it is, which is something that I like. Another thing about this book is that there are so many weird elements to it. Like the the whole concept of it is just so off the wall yeah. that I feel like you're like, yep, this is what I signed up for, because <laughs> it's like it's a body hopping Groundhog's Day murder mystery, like incredible, <laughs> yeah, that takes place in a. 20 like roaring 20s crumbling mansion in the backwoods of England like nice <laughs> it's just like there are so many different parts to it that I'm just like yeah this is ridiculous but it doesn't <laughs> it is what it is you know yeah yeah absolutely um were there any things that didn't work again both in story and in writing were there any times that you were like mm. um yeah some of the stuff that didn't work well to be fair, it is very dramatic. So, like, some of it does feel a little over the top sometimes. Just in the sense of there are certain things where it's, like, this dramatic reveal. And I'm like, okay, but, like, that was a pretty significant jump. Mm. Um, 
there was so when everything is concluded you know you find out that you know evelyn hardcastle and her servant who wasn't actually a servant but was a con artist switch places and like the con artist like like if you're gonna go yeah oh she and her servant switched places i mean that's kind of one of the tried and true like mystery things right like, oh they switched places but then like it just out of nowhere is just like oh that woman was a con artist and blah blah, blah. and it's like um i mean it works in the story but also <laughs> just like dude also some of the things while you're kind of running along with the uh, main character because he doesn't remember anything from the beginning and like he picks up snatches of memory along the way so like most of the book you're following him and you're learning things as he's learning it but then there are a couple of things where it's just like i what where did that mm. i there are just some things where i'm like i feel like that could have been a little better explained gotcha um it's not that the hints weren't there it just wasn't explained well gotcha um yeah also there's there are some plot holes um there's definitely a part where uh, or just like little details that don't quite match up and you which happens, you know, right. from time to time. No piece of writing is perfect. Especially in, a, like, a mystery novel, mm-hmm. murder mystery type setting. Yeah, because, like, there's a part where um, the main character dra- drapes his gloves over a handle near a fire to dry them out. And he sees this note that says something, you know, like, oh, I'll explain everything, meet me here, blah, blah, blah. Also, don't forget your gloves. And he turns around and his gloves are about to catch on fire. So Mm -hmm. he catches them, like, right before they do. But then later he's saying something about burning socks. And I'm like, that, oh, those are. That didn't (laughs) happen. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm just kind of like, oh, that's, I mean, I knew what he meant, but it's just like, oh, you can tell that that was something the editors missed. Something that changed. Yeah. Yeah. Something that changed. Um. And, like, there there are just other parts where it would take a lot of explaining, but essentially Aiden finds out something about one of his host's valets, mm. um, like, personal servants, that turns out he's the child of one of these high-class, or high, he's, he's a child of one of the Hardcastles, but mm-hmm. not the Hardcastle that he thought he was. Gotcha. Meaning that he's a full-blood sibling to Evelyn Hardcastle, not a half-blood sibling to Evelyn Hardcastle. Mm. Um, Which apparently he already knew. So earlier in the book, when Aiden blackmails him and is like, oh, I'm going to reveal this to everybody. And then later in the book, um, Cunningham is the name of the servant. When Cunningham is like, oh, my mother was going to tell people this blah 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 it's just like okay how is that blackmail then if in fact he already knew it not everybody but like if he already knew and his mother was going to tell people um what how then does that work as blackmail Mm -hmm. and i don't know how that relates to him having a tattoo because it's mentioned that he has a tattoo and that's what tips aiden off that there's something about him (laughs) so i'm just like i don't understand how having a tattoo suddenly says biological parent is the wrong biological parent (laughs) Um, unless it's like love mom yeah (laughs) in in mom's handwriting yeah we thought dad was or whatever i'm I'm bullshitting (laughs) yeah no but the but that makes you know that would make sense if it was just like oh yeah the dad is you know right (laughs) it, it it just there are certain things where i'm just like I mean, I guess, but that doesn't quite... Mm-hmm. Like, it, it just didn't cleanly match up. The right. whole thing still works 
Right. Well. Just some But small there things. are just some small things where you're kind of sitting there going, wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay, so um, are there any kind of like important symbols or metaphors that kind of carry throughout the book? Yeah, so actually it's really interesting because um, one of the characters that you find out is also caught in this loop um, is Anna. And so Aiden, throughout the story, at first he doesn't know who this Anna is. She just keeps leaving him notes and messages. Um, And then later in the story, they end up working together. He finds her and they end up working together. But she always represents herself as like a chess piece. Mm. So anytime she's been somewhere or whatever she leaves a chess piece it's like a call as like a calling card so she leaves a chess piece in his luggage um he finds it later somewhere else she gives it to him at one point um so you know there's a chess piece that always goes through also um it's the it doesn't carry through the entire book although it's called back to a couple of times is a compass Mm -hmm. um it's the first host's compass that gets given to him by a later host. Oh, interesting. Um, who he initially thinks is a murderer. Mm. Um, and so the chess piece, it, chess definitely, obviously it's a murder mystery. So chess is kind of the obvious thing of just like, <laughs> that you happens know, a lot. who's the pawn? Who's the How knight? many moves ahead How many are moves you? ahead are you? You know, so it's just like, that's one of the more like blatantly obvious right. things. It's a um, common metaphor used. It's yeah. a very common metaphor. Um, the compass I really like though because it does kind of call back to this idea of Aiden is trying to find himself. He's trying mm-hmm. to remember who he is. He's trying to find direction. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially when he learns why he came to Blackheath in the first place and the person that he is now. Mm-hmm. Um, and why Anna first came to Blackheath and the person that she is now um and kind of all of those all of those bits and pieces that start falling into place it to me it kind of goes to the compass of like finding your direction finding the right direction Mm -hmm. um well and you had mentioned when we were talking about this book off podcast yes believe it or not folks we do talk to each other about books outside of this podcast (laughs) you had mentioned that there was a point where he started losing like that line between who he was and who his hosts were started blurring so that's actually really interesting i like that yeah and it's it's kind of funny because there's another part where like he does kind of find himself again but he it talks about all eight of his hosts are crammed into his skull like it describes it as just like being full of all these other people um which is as confusing as when <laughs> the lines were getting blurred. So right. yeah, I, I do feel like the compass definitely plays another metaphorical piece in all of yeah, this. Yeah, that's really cool. What do you think the purpose of this book was? I mean, obviously, outside of, I don't know if you know anything about the author or authorial intent, but like, what do you feel after having read it, the purpose of the book was? Um, I do know that the author was a journalist. Hmm. Um, as far as I'm aware, he's still a journalist. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know anything more about him. I did not research him. I, I know that there are some people who, when they review books, definitely like to review or um, research the authors as well to try and get insight into their life. I'm not one of those people. I'm mm-hmm. kind of one of those people who believes that a piece of literature should be able to stand on its own mm-hmm. without 
the background of the author. For those of you wondering at home, I am one of the people who always constantly is like, mm, I want to know more about this author before I read this book of theirs or after. <laughs> yeah, and and I'm I'm not one of those and I'm not one of those people. So, um you know, Gracie Gracie is one who wants to know more about the author. I'm one of those people who believes that a piece of literature should be able to stand on its own without mm-hmm. insight. Yeah into the author's life and while it can be interesting to view that as well um it's not a necessity so i know nothing about stewart um aside from the fact that he is a journalist or at least was a journalist when he wrote this book um a a traveling journalist because he talks about it uh there there's an a back part of this book where it has some like reading questions and Mm -hmm. then it's an interview with him so he does talk about that a little bit okay um I kind of feel like the purpose of this book is to talk about what it actually means to be reformed um, Mm. and what it means to be changed. Um, Because when it talks about over the course of this story, um, you find out that Anna, um, again, spoiler warning kids, (laughs) um, you find out that Anna was actually a pretty gruesome criminal mastermind. Mm. um, Outside of? Outside of Blackheath. And you don't know what exactly she did. Like, it doesn't go into the gory details, Mm -hmm. but you find out that um, she had taken, uh, you find out that she had taken Aiden's sister and brutally tortured her for like a week. Yikes. Um, And Aiden came to Blackheath because he found out that Anna, Annabelle is her name, Mm -hmm. um, found out that Annabelle was at Blackheath, and he came there for the sole purpose of torturing her Mm. in turn. And you find out that for 30 years, they've both been in Blackheath, and Aiden has... 30 years? Yeah. Of this eight-day cycle, and they remember none of it? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Although there is some sense that, like, they have some... a little bit of memory that, Mm. like, comes back the longer they're in this. Okay. Um, Interesting. So, like... One of the things that Anna remembers, Anna does remember Aiden killing her. Mm-hmm. Um, while she may not remember the details, she does remember him killing her. Mm-hmm. And so it talks about, you know, one of the things that the Plague Doctor talks about is that Blackheath is a prison. Mm-hmm. It, it is a prison. Um, it's a prison that holds three people, one of whom came there of his own accord. Right. Um, and there are like, you find out that there are other places similar to Blackheath um, in other places of the world. Gotcha. Um, but they're all a little bit different, and none of them are as extreme mm. or as awful as Blackheath is. Um, Do they ever go into the, like, uh, process behind how they're wiping memories, or is that no. just kind of left blank? No, it's just kind of left blank, okay. because it's one of those things that, like, you don't need to know it to right. get the story. Yeah. Which is actually something that I kind of like. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'll i probably talk about this at another point as well, but I hate stories that over-exposition, that mm. over-explain. Mm-hmm. I feel like if it's necessary, go ahead and explain it. Yeah. Um, but don't put so much into it right. that it's, like, it, it bogs the story down. Yeah. So you never need to know how it happens mm-hmm. um so you don't find out you never know you never see the facility that they're in mm-hmm. um so one of the things um though getting back to this idea of who people were and 
them being able to change. Um, one of the arguments that Aiden has with the plague doctor, who you find out is a worker at this facility, um, who's been there for like the entire time Aiden's been there. Mm. Um, he keeps saying, oh, my superiors won't want Anna to leave. My superiors won't want Anna to leave. And Aiden's like, well, the person that she was is not the person that she is. And while he sees some of the elements of who she used to be in that, like, she's always been the one who's willing to take the deadly risks to protect Aiden. Like, she's the one who shoots the people who are trying to kill Aiden. Wow. Um, she also has gone out of her way to try and save him and try and protect him. And because she can't remember who she was, um, you know that it's like a conscious shift. Right. Like the person that she is now is very different from the person that she was. And even Aiden, who when he first came there was this blood, in all effects and purposes, was a bloodthirsty monster looking to torture the person who tortured his sister. Right. Um, He's also changed, and he considers Anna his friend. Mm. Um, and so one of the things that he talks about is, is he keeps saying the person that she was is not the person that she is. The person mm. that I was is not the person that I am. Mm. And so it's this idea of people being able to change and, mm. you know, human nature um, and just having to go through that idea of let me rephrase this. It brings up kind of the age-old question of can people really change? Mm. Um, but it presents it in a way of, yes, they can, and that's the entire purpose of the prison system. But is it done effectively? Mm. Um, a lot of interesting things to yeah, unpack there. Yeah, so it, does, <laughs> it, it kind of puts it there of, of, like, that's the point of a prison system, but is it done effectively? And one of the things that he does talk about in his interview is, you know, are there some people who do deserve to be in prison um, kind of indefinitely? Is the prison system effective? And mm -hmm. he kind of just, like, touches on it, doesn't really go into it. Right. Um, but I do think that that's a really interesting question to be brought up. Yeah. Because what do you do for somebody who has committed terrible crimes but has legitimately changed right. versus somebody who's committed terrible crimes but doesn't seem to change mm -hmm. do they both get given a second chance right so it's it's a very interesting concept it does pretty much i i do think that the point the purpose of the book is to kind of talk about humanity and to yeah. talk about our ability to change yeah do you feel like it accomplishes the goal of like the purpose it set out to i assume but i i do i think it definitely raises i think I think it's one of those that raises the question enough that you think about it. Mm -hmm. And it's in this theatrical, dramatic, campy yeah. story. So it, it's kind of one of those things that shows up. Um, you go into it not expecting that question mm -hmm. to be brought up. Sneaks up on you. Yeah. And so <laughs> I, I definitely, I like it. I think it's I think it's something that's interesting. And I, I, I do, yeah, I, I, I like it. Yeah. Nice. Um... What's your favorite quote from this book? Oh my gosh. That's so hard. There's so <laughs> many good ones. Okay, I'm going to see. I have the book here with me. I'm just going to pull up one. Um, so Gracie probably asked this question because outside of the podcast, I had told them that I 
have a lot of quotes in this book that in context aren't super mm-hmm. funny, but <laughs> out of context are freaking hilarious. <laughs> um, and so it's not my all-time favorite, but it's one of my favorites um, in this book. It says, uh, folding my arms, I lean against the wall next to Anna, our shoulders touching. I'm trying to offer some comfort, but knowing you've killed somebody in a previous life tends to narrow possible avenues for affection. <laughs> and, like, it's, it's just one of those where it's just like, what? <laughs> right. I love that. I love that. Um, any final thoughts? More things you'd like to share? You know, I think I kind of touched on a lot of them but i do like um how this book presents the idea of breaking the loop Mm -hmm. because the idea of breaking the loop is presented fairly early in the book um because while aiden is in all these different bodies Mm -hmm. he still hears his own voice in his head and his own voice at one point um let me back up a little bit and kind of put some context into this um so the way that this book is different is that Aiden isn't just Aiden jumping from body to body to body. It's Aiden's consciousness put into another person's body with their brain. Mm-hmm. So he has all of their, you know, vices and virtues. Yeah. Um, that's actually a really interesting, um, we've talked about this before, but I think that that's such an interesting take on like body switching. Yes. Because I feel like most of the time it's, maybe the physical ailments of the body, but not necessarily the mental, which brings up a lot of interesting things you could go into about mental health, mental illness, Mm -hmm. in regards to this concept of... It brings up a lot of interesting thoughts about empathy. Yeah, and that is something that's really interesting. So that's ultimately how he ends up solving the murder, um, is because he gets... You know, he talks about how one character he ends up in is actually um a drug peddler but Mm -hmm. he's a coward and he doesn't he wants to change he doesn't want to be a drug peddler anymore once he loses his memories quote unquote Mm -hmm. um but then as he jumps into another person who's very like conniving and sharp-witted um he starts looking at things in a different way from this cowardly person who's just out to save his own skin Mm -hmm. Um, when he goes into another body who's somebody who's a very um, sharp businessman, mm-hmm. um, he notices things about people because he's used to not exploiting people, but definitely like picking up on things about these people that maybe they didn't notice themselves. And so he starts picking up on clues that all of his other hosts missed. And he goes into another body of someone who, really quick trigger warning here, um, just want to point this out and uh we can throw something in at the beginning of the podcast yeah i I do just want to throw a trigger warning out here um one of the characters is a confirmed rapist Mm. you don't see anything in the book itself but it is um, but it is talked about at length um so then he has to deal with this other character who is a rapist so anytime he looks at a woman he's just like immediately distracted Mm. Um, and like Aiden feeling that disgust while still having that in the forefront of his mind. Right. Um, and then he gets into a body of an inspector who looks at everything as evidence and so gets a different perspective. Um, so jumping through all of these is really, really an interesting thing. I kind of like that concept of like almost it takes a village to solve the murder. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I, I definitely 
find that as something that's really interesting. Um, I forgot the other point that I was going to make, the reason why I was telling this context. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But this is still something that I wanted to talk about regardless. Lost in the sauce. (laughs) (laughs) This happens on the regular, so I apologize. Um, But yeah, that is definitely something that's very, very interesting to me. Um, Oh, loop changing. Mm. So in the back of his mind, um, when he's playing this very conniving character who is still held really tightly by embarrassment, like the reason why he's a blackmailer is he hates to be embarrassed. Mm. Um, Get all the information on everyone else. Get all the information on everybody else. Um, And so like (laughs) there's a scene where he is really struggling with himself and he realizes he's caught in this loop and he's like, I don't want to just keep playing out this loop. It's too embarrassing. And Aiden in the back of his head is just like, so change the cycle. Mm. Flip the table. And literally is saying things like, flip the table over. Prove you're different. Mm. Prove you can change this. Interesting. And he's like, no, I can't. I don't want to make a scene. Mm. So the idea of like breaking the loop shows up early on in the book. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't actually, you, you see it almost in like slight degrees Mm, mm -hmm. as the book continues. Um, so you, and until the end where it's just like the loop is completely thrown off. Right. Um, which is how things start changing and how Aiden is able to eventually, you know, solve everything, um, break the cycle and save both himself and Anna, um, but it, it, yeah, it's very interesting just in how loop breaking is approached. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's not like you do one thing and it throws the entire thing off. It's done almost in degrees. Yeah. Um, even though it's kind of looked at in this thing of like, yeah, if you do one thing, it's going to destroy everything. But that's not how it actually ends up turning out. Mm-hmm. Um, no butterfly effect. <laughs> no, no butterfly effect. Um, Which makes more sense to me. Yeah. It's also very <laughs> mind bendy in the sense mm. of he's repeating the same day. So every person that he meets that was a former host is still him. So oh, he can have conversations weird. with himself. Which then brings up the question of like, but then how does the loop break? Like that, right. like it's very, it's very mind bendy yeah. in that sense, which is something that I love. I'm, I. That's interesting too, because of the multiple consciousnesses, con- consciousnesses, con- consciousnesses. Yeah, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> the the multiple the 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 idea that he is in all of these people at the same time, conscious of himself. In, mm. Oh, that's so weird. Yeah. I love that. And at one point, he even tries to, like, reach out to himself via another avenue. So he, mm. like, writes a little note in a book as one of his, like, earlier hosts and sticks it in an encyclopedia okay. on the wall, knowing that he would remember it later. Gotcha. So it's it's very... That's very cool. ...twisty and turny. Um, and I definitely like it. And I... Props to the author. Like, even though I said that there are plot holes, like... This is a pretty serious thing to take on. Oh, like, yeah, as a writer especially. Yeah. And to get it right and to get it effective in a way that makes sense and is yeah. cohesive is a really difficult thing to do. Yeah. So, like, even if there were more plot holes in it, I would still be like, hey, props for well done. at <laughs> least trying, you know? Yeah. Um, well, especially because it seems like it's taking a lot of those maybe tropes that mm-hmm. you would see in normal like murder mystery or even 
you could call it time travel or like Mm -hmm. body switching and turning them a little bit and so that adds another layer of complex like writing style and ability yeah Yeah, it kind of feels like he took a little bit of like "Mm, i like all of these tropes but what if (laughs) what if i put them all on their head (laughs) and that that's something that i really really like and actually respect to a certain degree um even if you fail doing it but you definitely try it out um that that is something that i i significantly respect right and it seems like wouldn't call this a fail either. <laughs> oh, no, not at all. No, I'm saying even if he were to fail at right. it, he, he gave it a shot. Yeah, absolutely. Because um, it's definitely, like, all of the different elements, It was it's a pretty hefty thing to take on as a writer. And mm-hmm. def- definite props to him. Nice. Uh, would you recommend this book to people? And who would you recommend it to? I would definitely recommend this book to people. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like it actually fits a pretty broad spectrum of people, but... For like the first thing that comes to mind is if you like murder mysteries but want something that's very different mm-hmm. and still a murder mystery, definitely would recommend. Yes, yeah. um, highly, highly recommend. Then, um, if you want something that's a little bit, if if you like that feel of like the campy mm-hmm. kind of weird twenties um, Victorian era aristocracy you know mm-hmm. if you want to see down abbey in a really weird messed up <laughs> scenario have at it <laughs> so is it 20s like gatsby or is it victorian so or is it both it's 20s like gatsby gotcha um but it's in blackheath which is an old victorian victorian manor, manor gotcha, that's gotcha. in disrepair so it has the feeling of, of like old school class almost some of those like gothic horror images yeah it it definitely has the like image feeling in the background um but it's set it definitely also has like the 20s feel very cool nice all right and what would you rate this book solid four out of five four out of five nice nice all right. And that's all I have for you. Yeah, Those are all my questions. All right. What a fun little interview. I'm glad we did this. We should, we, I was going to say we should do this more. We will do this more. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed it as well. Thanks again for joining us. Um, you can check us out online on Twitter at choicewords underscore pod and on Facebook at choicewordspodcast. Um, follow us here on Spotify and um, set notifications for when we post because as your current social media manager, I am not always great about remembering to notify you of when we post. And Spotify will do that for you. (laughs) (laughs) For the record, we post every other Monday. Correct. (laughs) You can check out more of Ray's reviews, especially if you liked this one but want maybe some spoiler-free ones of some other books. Um, You can check out her um, book review website oh my gosh words at bookinfested.com <laughs> and you can find gracie by googling her online at uh gracie bows mm-hmm. that's b-o-e-s yes and gracie g-r-a-c-y yeah no e's <laughs> well no e and gracie <laughs> yeah so you can google them um they have poetry mm-hmm. uh in a couple different literary journals yep four as far as I'm aware at this point. I don't know anymore. Three or four. I'm looking to hopefully start submitting some more. So hopefully, maybe even by the time this is out, we'll have an extra one on there. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, thanks for joining us. We will talk to you next time. Bye. Bye. I can't. (laughs)